0: Hi, this is Lucinda. I'm a healthcare Accreditation Coordinator as well as an RN. I have no affiliation with the Joint Commission at all, but today I'm going to talk to you about how to prevent the Joint Commission's top life safety findings. The Joint Commission continues to cite hospitals for the same life safety violations every year, and your facility may be cited for some of them too. Environment of care issues such as ceiling tiles, Medical gas cylinders and corridor clutter top the list of the most commonly found and cited violations during accreditation surveys. Many of these seemingly common sense issues fall under the umbrella of things that are meant to maintain a safe and functional environment. Ventilation issues, means of egress, fire safety equipment, documentation, and fire protection features. So why aren't we learning as an organization how to fix these things? Well, the reasons are complicated why we aren't getting it. Some is because some of this is overwhelming. I mean, if your organization is large, it's very hard to find each little stained ceiling tile because they are looking for the tiniest little mark on those ceiling tiles. It could be anything. Anyway, moving along, Hospitals are more often getting dinged under the standard EC 020601, which states only the hospital must establish and maintain a safe environment. Isn't that broad? Isn't that like so umbrella termed? Like it just covers so much. This standard is basically their catch all standard in a sense that. If they have no other standard or EP to cite a deficiency under, they'll put it under this particular standard. It's kind of a general duty clause, if you will. I know you may not feel like that helps you very much, but essentially what constitutes a violation will vary depending on the surveyor's discretion. That's why sometimes your healthcare accreditation coordinator wants to pull her hair out. Um, What I may see or view as being a serious violation may not be such a big deal to somebody else and vice versa. But, you know, surveyors aren't monsters. For the most part, they want to see your facility succeed. Remember, we're paying them. But if there are blatant problems that could be a life safety violation, you're going to get cited. Even though you do risk assessments, even though the conclusion of your risk assessment is that we will do the mitigation activity and this will then allow us to continue with this issue, surveyors may not agree with that. It's a very subjective issue. So the conclusion is you should go ahead and resolve that deficiency as much as possible in order to eliminate any possible surveyor disagreement. Pay heed to the most commonly found life safety violations. So let's talk about my biggest pet peeve that just cannot be helped because of the area we live in and our storm damage and everything else. Stained ceiling tiles. Maybe you have an old building. I mean, who knows? And you've patched that roof and patched that roof and you're doing the best that you can. Um, so we'll start easy on you. And come on this is an easy violation to avoid if you just get out of your office and have a look around stained ceiling tiles are at best unsightly and at worst an infection control issue if mold or fungus is growing there well now um this year they've kind of changed things up and you're definitely going to probably get hit with infection control and life safety or uh, environment of care so it's going to be a big deal This is one of those things that's very low-hanging fruit. And, you know, it's really hard, especially with short staffing and whatnot, to really get out and say, hey, there's a stained ceiling tile. Y'all got to replace this right now. You know, you may not have staff to do that. So it makes it difficult. And Lord Almighty, please don't just paint over the stain. That does not work. They will know. Of course, if you're having stains happen in the same location over and over, you really need to see what's causing it. Is it a leaky pipe or a leaky roof? We definitely need to fix it. And as with most common sense, most Joint Commission surveyors want to see stained ceiling tiles replaced once your water leak has been resolved. If you're doing the proper rounds on a daily or weekly basis, you know where the stained tiles are in your facility ask your employees to let you know if they notice any unsightly stains. Make a note for maintenance to have the tiles replaced and while you're at it have workers check out why they're stained. Is there a pipe leaking in the ceiling? Again I know I'm just repeating myself. Additionally have environmental service workers come over to make sure there aren't any dangerous mold issues. So let's talk about means of egress. A means of egress is basically an exit, so corridor clutter is another seemingly easy citation to avoid. The bottom line, people need to be able to get in and out in an emergency situation such as a fire, and hospital staff need to be able to quickly move through the hallways to help patients. It's a potentially life-threatening situation, obviously, and the Joint Commission will hit you with violations if your facility is filled with obstructions. Removing those obstructions is not always that easy, though. Hospitals are notorious for, you know, the computers on wheels that are vital to the work that nurses and physicians do every day. Health records, medication orders, and other information are easily accessible from these machines. And it's a good idea to have them within easy reach. But at what point do they get in the way of you getting out? Hospitals still have problems with computers on wheels. It appears that no matter how hard you try to educate the staff, they seem to store stuff in corridors. Computers on wheels are not exempt from corridor clutter because they are not considered emergency medical equipment. They are not patient transport equipment. You have to get them out of the corridor after your staff is done using them or within 30 minutes of your staff using them. So basically, you got to move them around. Make sure you're moving them around. So how do we avoid those kind of citations? Unplug those computers. Really, avoiding the wrath of a surveyor could be as easy as not leaving your computer carts plugged in when they're not being used, which is a requirement under Joint Commission rules. They must be unplugged and taken out of use after 30 minutes. If they're plugged in, then it's like a permanent fixation in, in that hallway, just like your... um vital sign machines. If your vital sign machines are plugged in and in the hallway, that's a citation. If you unplug them and say that you move them around every 30 minutes like you're actively using them, it's not a citation. Many people like to take the position that the computers on wheels are used constantly and therefore they meet the 30-minute rule. That may be, but quite honestly, that's not really that often. Those computers on wheels sometimes sit idle for hours at, at a time, depending on the time of day. So the bottom line is that the way the surveyor looks at it is that if they see a computer is on wheels plugged into the corridor, they automatically assume that it is stored there because it's not in use. I've heard Joint Commission engineers say that they tell their surveyors that if the computer is actually plugged into the wall outlet in the corridor, that it's automatically a finding because the logic is that in an emergency staff will not be in the mindset to remove the electrical plug from the outlet. So if it is plugged in, in your hallway, out in your hallway, it is basically a citation. So make sure to train staff on unplugging the computers on a regular basis. If they insist on keeping the carts near treatment rooms, take some lessons from some newer hospitals that are designing corridors with alcoves, which we have at my facility, that allow for cart storage or you can find places outside the corridor for these computers on wheels. So moving on to sprinklers, here's a seemingly easy no-brainer. Sprinklers put out fires in your facility, but they also attract clutter, especially in corners where boxes and other supplies get stacked. Worse, the sprinkler heads can seem like an inviting place to hang items such as coats and holiday decorations. And that's a huge no-no. If something is blocking the spray radius of the sprinkler or impeding the flow of water through the feeder pipes or the sprinkler heads, the sprinklers won't do their jobs properly and you'll get cited. The Joint Commission does not allow anything to be suspended from sprinkler piping. Literally, if they see one communication cable draped over a sprinkler pipe, which is something like nursing staff is not going to see. This is going to be more for your engineering guys. That could lead... Um, likely lead to a finding sprinkler heads cannot contain any dust or dirt this is something that your staff would would be able to see they consider dust and dirt to be foreign material and it will delay the operation of the sprinkler so have your staff or you during rounds walk around and look at the sprinkler heads make sure they're not bent or crooked make sure that the ring around it is in place and that they're not dusty and they don't have anything hanging from them And that you have 18 inch vertical clearance. Another common finding is oxygen cylinders. You go through plenty of oxygen in the hospital business and plenty of the large metal cylinders that the gas is stored in. The problem is proper storage. Medical gases are stored under tremendous amounts of pressure and if unsecured and a cylinder falls over the regulator can be knocked off turning the cylinder into a missile that can punch through concrete walls. I've only seen this one time in my career in an OR, and it was terrifying. And it was not my fault, by the way. The Joint Commission mandates proper cylinder storage for a reason. This is a frequent uh, finding where surveyors observe staff. um, Sometimes they're in a hurry and leave an unsecured oxygen cylinder in a utility room, possibly because there's no more space in the holders or in the racks. Um, This is an area where the Facilities Department could possibly do an analysis and probably come up with more holding racks for those cylinders, if appropriate. You need to learn about your facility's cylinder segregation rules, which should follow the NFPA 99 standard. What the NFPA 99 says is that full cylinders must be segregated from empty cylinders, but of course you know the issue's just not that simple. What NFPA 99 does not define is what is a full cylinder. You need to know what your organization says, and it does not define what you would do with a partial cylinder, although our facility has specifics and you should look at your policy. So the conclusion is, first of all, that if you have a partial cylinder, you can't store it with the full cylinder because it's not a full cylinder. Therefore, partial cylinders should be stored with empty cylinders, unless you're in a facility like us where we have all three and they are segregated and they have certain pressures and you have to know the policy, which can be a little confusing sometimes. So moving along to our next topic, properly maintain and test fire equipment. Fire alarms and safety equipment do no good if they don't work properly. An entire book can be written on how to properly maintain them. Joint uh, Commission surveyors constantly see violations of Joint Commission Standard ECO20305, which is the section of the Environment of Care chapter that talks about testing and inspecting your life safety or fire safety equipment. You must have an inventory of all the equipment to ensure every device is tested. Unfortunately, many hospitals rely on contractors to do the fire alarm inventories and tests, and contractors don't always provide a clear inventory of all these devices in the facility. For instance, you may know you have pull stations, smoke detectors, and heat detectors in your ducts, but are you aware of all the strobe lights, chimes, and horns in your system, or the things hidden above the ceiling or panels? Such items are crucial parts of the safety system, including interface relays that connect to the fire alarm system and to other systems such as elevator recall, smoke dampers, other relays between the fire alarm system and the kitchen hood, fire suppression, FM-200 systems, magnetic locks, and magnetic door hold mechanisms. The point is that is that you don't know everything your contractor might or might not be doing and it's your responsibility to make sure everything is properly inventoried and maintained or at least your engineering department should be doing this or your life safety team. Also, if you're working, say, not on campus at a clinic, whose responsibility is it to check the fire extinguishers monthly? Are they being checked? And are, is that being documented correctly? These are, these are all questions you need to be able to answer. So I hope that you got something out of this today um, in preparation for upcoming survey. And I hope you have a wonderful day. If you have any questions, let me know. Send me an email. Thank you and have a fabulous day.